0: The following message was delivered at Bible Baptist Church in Dickinson, North Dakota. Well, it is it's a it really is a pleasure to be able to preach. I um I remember when we surrendered, it was in two thousand eleven, and um I knew God called me to, to be a missionary builder and swing my hammer when I was in high school. And I ran from God, and through God's mercy, uh, my wife and I met, and um, I was on staff at Pensacola Christian College. She was a student, and um, she kept us in church. And I'm very thankful for my wife, and it was a missions conference. And I told my wife, I said, I think we're supposed to be missionary builders. And she's like, yeah, that's not us. We're not missionary people. And so I kind of let it go when the next Missions Conference came back around in 2011. I said, no, nah, I think it's time for us to go. And so she had surrendered as, as well. And uh, so I told my pastor, I said, that's what we want to do. And he's like, okay, now you got to preach. And I'm like, no, no, no. I can talk to one person, two people. I'm good at talking, and, uh, but not preaching in front of people. And he said, no, nah, you can get up and talk. He said, you just got to pretend there's nobody out there and um, just talk a lot. So, uh, he kind of helped me get my first couple outlines together. And so, uh, that was almost 10 years ago, um, that we surrendered to come out. And so we're going to be in second Peter tonight. It's kind of be my springboard text. And, um, I, uh, I don't sit still well and I don't stand still well. And so I'll probably wander around a little bit tonight. And uh pastor kind of asked me to give some of our testimony. And so kind of through this, um, I want to kind of give some of our testimony and what God has brought us through and kind of uh, show you, A, missionaries are very real people. And that was one of the things that really helped my wife is we actually had a missions conference at the church um, that we were attending at the time. And they they asked us to open our homes up to missionaries. And so we had a missionary come in. And uh, I think they had, it was the Ralston's, I think they had three or four kids. And uh, we heard them getting spanked in the other room. Um, you know they were just real people, and so it was really kind of an amazing to be able to kind of really see that missionaries, pastors are no different than us. Um, they just got called and they answered the call, and that's what we did was we just answered the call. And so this will be kind of some of our testimony, what God has brought us through. Um, but we'll be in the Second. let's uh, say Second Peter? First Peter five seven eight. First Peter five seven eight. The Bible says casting all your care upon him for he careth for you be sober be vigilant because your adversary the devil as a roaring lion walketh about seeking whom he may devour let's pray dear me father we just thank you and praise you lord just for this opportunity lord we can come to you or we can look inside your word and see what you have for us lord thank you for lord just uh, calling me lord thank you for allowing me for so many years to be traveling building churches for you Lord, help us just to continue to stay strong on this project. Lord, help us not have, run into any problems, but Lord, we thank you for this church or just the beacon that they are here in Dickinson, North Dakota. Lord, we just thank you and praise you for who you are, in your name we pray, amen. So tonight we're going to talk about burdens. Look in John sixteen thirty three. John sixteen thirty three. It, it, it's something that every single one of us, I don't care if you're Natalie and Olivia, all the way up to the oldest person in here, Pastor, we all, we all carry a burden. Um, uh, John 16:33 it says, These things have I spoken unto you, that ye might have peace. In the world ye will have tribulation, but be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. Tribulation problems are going to happen. Um, When we came out in 2011, we we surrendered to to become missionaries. Um, We had just had Olivia, and my wife, she has had many tumors uh, all through our marriage, Um, and she had a tumor pop up. Well, she's had this before, no big deal. So she went and had it removed and uh, went back for the, the, the second checkup with the biopsy, and they told her it was cancerous. And it's like, okay, so that was on a Friday. By Friday of the next week, it was already returned and larger than it was before they took it out. So it's a very aggressive tumor. And so we step back, we already surrendered to be missionaries, and it's like, now what? How is this going to work? And so tonight, as I kind of go through some of the uh, the things that God's brought us through, I'm going to use hymnals as a burden that we carry. And it's just really the depiction of some of the things that we go through in life. And so through this, it's like, okay, now what? And so they, they told us we we're going to do an, a very um, aggressive surgery, and we will remove it again. And so we went back, and they took quite a bit of, of, of tissue this time, and they got it all. And so praise the Lord, but it was a six-week recovery. Six weeks of my wife, um, every two hours, waking her up and giving her pain pills, because if you didn't stay on top of the pain, it was going to get worse, and antibiotics, and this and that. It was like Russian roulette with, with pill bottles. I mean, it was crazy. I was giving her all kind of fun stuff. It was a very, very tough time in our marriage. I was running a full-time business. Uh, I had any time maintenance. Um, we maintained 2,000 properties at the time, and it was just like... Now I had to take her job, which was my secretary, run the business, do the secretarial stuff, which I didn't know how to do. I can't spell nothing. So that was really fun. And then take care of her, get up every two hours with her all night long. And it's like, God, but you called us to be missionaries. And God healed her, praise the Lord. And so we we set out on the journey of deputation, which I'm here to tell you is not a lot of fun. And so you call all these churches and say, we need money. We, we want to be missionaries. We want to build churches. And 99% of people either said, what's a missionary builder? How, how does that work? Or they say, well, you're not missionaries because you're not planting churches going overseas. No, we're, we're stateside and we're going to build churches. Oh, so you're going to plant churches? No, no, no. We're going to swing a hammer. We're going to physically build a building. Yeah, I ain't got none for you to do. And so for, for whatever reason in my mind, man, I just thought the money was just going to roll in. I mean, man, missionaries, they go on deputation for a couple of weeks, maybe, maybe six months to a year. I didn't, I didn't have a clue. I didn't talk to nobody. I didn't call nobody. I just said, this is what we're going to do. And we're going to go. And so that was very difficult because you got to have money to live. So we sold the house, and uh, we, we bought a fifth wheel. Uh, I was in Durham, North Carolina. I was an evangelist friend of mine, and uh, he, he sold us his trailer. He had come off the field as an evangelist, and he sold us his fifth wheel, uh, but I didn't have a truck. Um, you got to have a truck <laughs> pull a fifth wheel, and God provided, provided us our, our first truck. It was a 2000 F550. Um, it, was, it, was, it was rough. It was a rough truck. But we drove that thing for almost four years, and God provided. Uh, we went and got it and picked up the trailer, and uh, we came back to Mobile, where we we're from. And um, I sat down with my pastor, and he said, uh, you've got 1% support. I said, isn't that great? <laughs> we had our home church and my mom and dad. They supported us. That was it. That was, that was the entirety of what we had. And uh, so we said, uh, I'm going I'm to go on the mission field. We're going to go right now. Because I knew in my heart, if I didn't go, I was never going to go. And so we shut the business down. I called all my my clients and said, hey, uh, yeah, I ain't coming to work tomorrow. I'm done. And we just shut her down. And uh, we had scheduled uh, projects and we went on the road. 1% support, not a good idea. But God provided. Now, nine years later, he's still providing. So, through that, um, obviously, we had older trailers, older trucks, and they break down a lot and so we were pretty good at breaking down our truck, and we're still pretty good at breaking down our truck and so we we hit the road, and uh, I can tell you there, there were a lot of times that it just didn 't make sense we we 'd get in the truck and we were uh, remember we were leaving Ohio and uh we had just finished up a project we were there we had Natalie on the road uh, she was born in Ohio and uh, we had had her it was uh, 18 degrees for the high um, zero for the low and a fifth wheel is not a lot of fun and uh, we had pipes freezing up I had a uh, brand new baby living in a fifth wheel and it's like how's this all gonna work out and it's like then 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 we hit the road And I got uh, almost exactly seven miles out of town, and the truck just wouldn't go. Just no power. Got to the top of the hill, and I was like, I don't know. So I pulled into a a truck stop, and I said, hey, uh, do you know anybody? He's like, yeah, Uh, bottom of the hill, there's a guy. He's a diesel mechanic. Die. So we coasted the truck to the bottom of the hill, where there was a diesel mechanic, And I said, what's going on? And he looked it over, and and, uh, the inner liner of my tank, my my fuel tank, had let go and had sent confetti through my whole entire fuel system. So he fixed it, about $3,000, which was the exact amount of money that the church had just given us on a love offering before we left. That's not odd, that's God. And so we, we hit... He got it fixed for us. We hit the road, started headed to Topeka, Kansas. And uh, man, we're just cooking it down the interstate, doing about all top speed, about 60 miles an hour. It was an amazing truck. Didn't have any top end gears. It, was, it could pull for days, but not fast. And uh, we get in uh, Rome, Indiana. It was Rome. I don't remember what state it was in, but it was in Rome. Because I'd been to Rome. But it would not across the seas. I don't fly. So we get to Rome and the truck just shuts down. It absolutely shuts down. I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. I mean, we could have made it. Like, it, we, we had time. Nope, shut me down. <clears throat> Little did I know, uh, Alabama guys, not real smart, but you're not supposed to drive through a blizzard pulling a 40 foot fifth wheel. It dropped a foot and a half of snow that night. That we would have pushed my, I'd have put, I'd have, I, I don't know, you just keep on trucking. I'd have driven straight into the blizzard. The guy said, nope, you want to stay right here for the night. And there was a decent mechanic in the town. He fixed us on Monday morning. We got back into Topeka. But you know, every time I get in my truck, and I'm telling you, I can tell you story after story after story after story um, of breaking down. But you know, in all these years—nine years—and I, when I say I broke down, we were in Kansas or um, Colorado, and we was on the top of the mountain, and I broke down. The truck just shut off. She no bueno, no no goey goy. <laughs> and uh, we coasted forty-two miles on its own power down the mountain. I didn't tell Stephanie wasn't with me. Praise the Lord, because you got no power brakes got no power steering, and it's curvy, it hit the bottom, cranked right on up, drove itself right to the mechanic, we were coming through, uh, I don't remember where we coming from, but we were going to Texas, and we're coming through Texas-Oklahoma border, right there on 35, and, uh, it's Texas OU weekend, Texas playing Oklahoma, so that's a big rivalry right there, and, um. Lots of wind, and uh, all of a sudden, man, the trailer just starts bobbing, and we even like crazy, and I can't figure out what in the world's going on, and all of a sudden, man, this tire's bouncing next to me. I'm like, I wonder whose that is? <laughs> it is mine. Yeah, it snapped all the axle on the trailer, and, um, yeah, and uh, we called Oklahoma City, which is the next big town up the hill and uh, they wouldn't come get me because I was too far away. So we called Texas and because I'm on the Oklahoma side they won't come get me. I, we're going to drive this thing off the interstate. We drove it off the interstate. We missed the ground by one inch. I drove it all the way to the one mile to the exit. We were a mile and a half. We'd have been too far we were one mile short god shut it down right where he needed us to we pulled off and um we called a place they had the the dexter axles which is what our trailer is and uh just trying to see if they had you know um a uh time what time they're gonna open if they're gonna open on saturday or not this was friday night nothing he called me back on saturday said hey i saw I, i missed your call and uh, I was, like, told him what I had. He's like, I got your parts. Come on. Got in there, and he had everything. We had snapped uh, eight stud bolts, every one of the studs is sheared straight off. He put them all in for us, got us back on the road. And um, I told him I needed to order another rim for my other side of my trailer. I told him I'd call him on Monday, and he said, Well, on Monday, my wife's having surgery. And I said, Oh, and he had Bible verses behind his counter. And uh, so I asked him what kind of surgery it was, and it was the same exact surgery my wife had gone through. Now through that, right before that, so it was right after Nally was born, um, a tumor had popped back up in my wife. And so, obviously, that was the first thought that went through my mind, is this is cancerous again. And so they went back in did the same exact surgery as they did the first time. But this time, it was only a three-day recovery process. I mean, it was only through God's people praying for my wife. Um, But this time, they actually classified it as cancer, and we did 38 rounds of radiation. But with doing that, every single day, she gets a CAT scan. And a CAT scan, if you know the numbers on those, they're about $50,000 a pop. Thirty-eight times... The bill we got just for the doctor to do research and decide how many rounds of radiation she was going to go through um, was $5,000. So we're ballparking between the the surgery, all that kind of stuff, all the rounds of radiation, all that was right around $500,000. We don't make $500,000 as missionaries. We've never gotten a bill. We've never even gotten a statement from Blue Cross and Blue Shield. Now I'm not gonna call them either, (laughs) but you know those are burdens that we carry. Every one of you carries a different health burden. Some of you have high blood pressure. Some of you have financial issues. Um, I don't know what your burdens are, but I know if, just in me and my life, just this last two weeks, I, I just think about the burdens that, honestly, I, I don't know really which end is up sometimes. I really hear this last week, I've just hated getting phone calls. <laughs> um, it was Thursday last week, my, my mom called me and said, hey, dad and I have COVID, My dad is diabetic, high blood pressure, wins easily, he's, uh, I mean, you name it, he got it. My biggest fear was for him to get the COVID. You know, we've lost several in our family to COVID. Right behind my, my buddy's wife, who's now on a ventilator, and they've paralyzed her because she just can't handle it. And I'm just thinking, man, my dad's right behind her. And literally, this is the cookie cutter of what went through my my wife's cousin, not but, three weeks ago. And those burdens, I'm just thinking, how is this going to work out? What's going to happen? How, how is this all going to play out? And on Monday, we get the phone call from my mom that my grandma's got two weeks to live. They're just trying to make her comfortable. And I'm just telling you, life gets tough. We carry things. And sometimes we don't understand why. Right before we came, my wife had a scan, um, a cancer scan, and they found tumors again. I'm telling you, I just, I hit the altar just begging God, just weeping. Why? They say if you make it through the five-year mark, usually you're The Bible says we're going to have tribulation. We're going to have problems. Things are going to happen. And God knows what's going on. And I can tell you, there's many a day, and and I know that here the last couple weeks, I have carried these burdens by myself. I've watched myself through the years carry so many burdens. Our support has gone up and down through the years. Some years we're doing really good. Some years we get dropped a bunch and do really bad. Some years you're up. Some, some years you have good love offerings. Some years you don't have good love offerings. Some years you, you snap a lot of parts on the trucks and trailers and it just gets expensive. And I'm telling you, it, it, it is no different for us being missionaries on the road is you being here your water heater goes out, your furnace goes out, your car breaks down, you blow the transmission out of something. I mean, like I said, if I can break it, I have busted some trucks. I think this is our fourth or fifth truck that we've had in the ministry. And I'm telling you, as, as I carry my burdens, I can, I can tell you I, I have left many of my burdens at the altar. And said, God, I don't know what you're doing. This week, same thing. We get our support at the first of every week, and uh, it was like two months ago, we, we you know, we, we coming off the field at the end of this year, and so we let all the churches know. I didn't want to be that missionary that's been off the field for six years and still getting support. I, I we don't feel like that's right, but so we wanted to have all our churches know what's going on in our lives, and um, we've been dropped by quite a few churches. And in my mind, I'm like, well, I still got truck payments, I still got trailer payments, I still got this payment, I still got that payment, I still got insurance. Um, my daughter's are growing every single clothes she can own. I'm not sure how that works. And it's like, how how is this all going to work? You know, and 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 the and the problems start piling, and then and then your dad calls you and is like, man, I'm not doing good. And I can tell you, so many times, I've left things at the altar just to get a text message on the way out the door and run back up and grab them again. And I'm telling you, even just carrying these hymnals around for as little as I have, my arms are getting tired. It says, and at the end of this verse, um, it says, I have overcome the world. Why, why so often are we carrying the burdens of life? Yes, things are going to happen, Yes, your parents may get COVID. Yes, your car may break down. But why do we carry those things with us? In Job 31, verse 4. Job 31, verse 4. The Bible says, doth not he see my ways and count all my steps? God knows exactly step for step, stride for stride what we're going through. It's, it's interesting, and uh, every time I really feel overwhelmed. Every time that just the burdens are piled up, the money's not there, it's just like, how is this all going to work? Um, we're getting ready to do a big trip here, coming here. Um, this is our longest trip we've ever done as far as mileage-wise. And um, I get to drive it in a truck that I break a lot. I can tell you, just even driving here, it's like, man, what, what if the truck breaks down? Well, what happens if we, if we can't find fuel? What happens if COVID pops back up and, man, just grab them burdens again? And every time, like the burdens just seem to get super, super heavy, a pastor asked me to preach. And for whatever reason, God brings this message to my heart. And he's like, hey, big dummy, you preach the message, leave him at the altar. Because he knows what's going on. In Psalms 34, verses 1 through 4. God wants us to talk to Him. I've been married for a few years now. I think it's like 14 or so-ish, give or take 1 or 7. I'm not sure. Psalms 34. My wife likes to hear from me. Lane and his wife are apart right now. I'm sure his wife calls him, FaceTimes him. Um, I know my wife, she's like, you get off at 5 o'clock, especially um, this last year. Um, November, December, I traveled by myself quite a bit. We had a lot of one-week projects, and it's very difficult to haul the family around for one week. And so I did a lot of traveling by myself. And it, for whatever reason, she, at 5 o'clock, I got off work. She expected me to make a phone call as I came off of work. She just wanted me to talk to her. How was your day? It's good. What would you do? Sheetrock mud. Is that it? Yep. All day? All day long. It's wax on, wax off. Wax on, wax off. I spread five buckets of sheetrock mud. That is what I did today. But she wanted to hear from me. It's the same thing with God. God wants to hear from us. Uh, Psalms 34, uh, verses 1-4, through it says, "...I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. O magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt His name together. I sought the Lord, and He heard me and delivered me from all my fears." I sought the Lord, and he heard me, he delivered me from all my fears. And I don't know about you guys, but like I know when, when my girls get scared, they like to run to me, run to mom. They don't like to be by themselves. They want to, they want to have that, that sense of, of protection. Well, I can tell you, like, it hit yesterday. I just I was so numb to it all. I just didn't know what to do. had my earbuds in my ears. I had no idea what I was listening to. I just started crying out to God, and said, "God, you got to fix this. You got to help us." He wanted to hear from us. I sought the Lord, and He heard me, and He delivered me from all my fears. I remember uh, last year we were down in Alabama, and we got hit by one of the hurricanes. And um, it's not a great idea to live in a fifth wheel during a hurricane. We've lived in a couple twisters during the twisters in the hurricane in the fifth wheel. Terrible idea, don't do it. Scratch it off your bucket list. Um, if that's what you're doing on your vacation, don't do that. Pick something different. And so my wife, she's like, we're not staying in a hurricane. Uh, we know the hurricane's coming. We didn't know the twisters were coming. We said, we know the hurricanes are coming. So we stayed. We, 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 uh, there's a friend of ours that's got a, a, a house type thing, and we stayed in there. And uh, a twister came down on top of the house, and it ripped the roof off the house. And they make amazing noises when, when twisters are touching down. And I remember my wife, she just was squeezing my hand. She's like, she's just praying. And I've never seen my wife so scared in all my life. But she wanted that, that sense of, I was there, I could fix it. I don't know. She wanted to hold my hand, I guess. I don't know. But it made her feel safe. I want you to think about the times in your life where you're just struggling, when, when, when the problems of life are piling up, we can run to God. We can talk to Him. We can tell Him about our fears. And He's here. He's there. He's going to listen. And He's going to help us. Uh, in Psalms 105. 105. Uh, verse 1, it says, "Oh, give thanks unto the Lord. Call upon His name. Make known His deeds among the people. Sing unto Him. Sing psalms unto Him. Talk ye of all the wondrous works. Glory in His holy name. Let the heart of them rejoice that seek the Lord. You know, it's been interesting as we've traveled. Um, the stories that I've kind of shared with you tonight are really just, just the dust on the top of what God has done through our ministry, through, our life, through the last nine years of us. I have a pastor friend, and um, me and him will call and talk to each other every once in a blue moon and he'll ask us how we're doing, and then all of a sudden he'll find out we have a different truck because we broke a truck, and, and he's like, he's, he's, he made a comment, he said, I'm, I'm excited to hear how God worked it out for you, and he told me, he said, you need to write this down, you need, you, need to, to put a, you need to write a book, I'm not a book writer, I mean, it'd be like a picture book with like movie things, I could do something like that, but, I mean, like, like words and stuff like that, I, I wrote a paper in high school, and it was three pages, and it was one sentence, it worked. It worked for me. So books are not a good idea. But he, he made the comment, he said, it, it, it's exciting to see how God is working through your life. You know, sometimes we need to tell people what God has done in our lives. You don't know what they're going through. You don't know what they're fixing to go through. Was it exciting for my wife to go through cancer twice? No. Was it exciting to get the, the call for the third time, like, this may I think they may be back? No. But we've been through the other side. We've seen God work. We've seen God provide. Um, I counted it up one time and we'd broken down like 50-something times through our ministry. I've never been left stranded on the side of the road. I've never been towed. I mean, I've, I've we were coming through uh, St. Louis uh, two years ago and uh My wife was Marco Poloing, one of her friends. It's kind of like FaceTime, but uh, you can actually record it and then listen to it later. Anyways, uh, we're coming through St. Louis. I'm 45 minutes behind schedule. I'm not happy. And I'm going up and down these mountains, and you hear a very distinct bang, snap, crackle, pop. And the truck, no bueno. She no go. And so I assumed I had broke a boot on a turbo. You have to have intercoolers, all kinds of weird pipes. It's, it's mysteries down there, but it makes the truck go and it makes the diesel work. So I got off the side of the road and pulling a forty-foot fifth wheel. All my life's behind me. All my tools, everything we owns behind us in this trailer, and uh, I had snapped a turbo, and it is not good. And so a guy had. I no longer got off the interstate. A guy had pulled in front of me. And uh, all my boots were still there, everything was still together, and the truck's not going to go. So he's like, well, it's usually this. I have a diesel shop the very next exit. If you can make it there, we'll get you in the shop. It's Monday night. It's a Monday night. And uh, it's like 5 o'clock. They're closed. But he's the owner, so he's still open, I guess. We got it off the interstate, and this thing is, when I say... We were on the floor, everything the truck had, pedal to the metal, two miles an hour down the interstate. And uh, she is just blowing black smoke, I mean it was bad. And I had broke a turbo, and uh, the guys had kept it open, figured it out, they drove all the way to Kentucky to get a turbo, brought it all the way back, got me back up and running, and he had told me the turbo was like $2,500, It very expensive. And then I had, of course, burnt up some wiring harnesses and some other stuff under there, and the bill was like forty seven hundred dollars. I had a thousand dollars that the church, the last church, had given me, and I was like, "All right, we got a credit card for a reason. We're gonna max this bad boy out. We're gonna fix our truck." And he gave me the bill, and he said, "Well, here's what we did. Uh, We talked to our pastor. They go to the River Church, uh, right outside of, of." right outside the there, there. and uh, they had given me $2,000 towards my turbo. And then the shop had written some money off, and so I owed $1,000. And it was like, wow. You know, that's a God thing. And so we, we, that was Tuesday, I tried to call my pastor late that night, couldn't get a hold of him, called him all day Wednesday, but he was, he was studying for sermons Wednesday. So we finished our trip into a girl's home, which is not where I wanted to be. I told the pastor I was not coming. Forget it. No way, Jose. I'm going to Texas. And he just harped, well, I need you, Darren. I need you. I need you. So like two months of this, I finally said, okay, I'll go. I'll come for two weeks. And so we were going south to Texas, but we ended up going north to, uh, to help this, this girl's home, which put us right here where the truck broke down. You know, and and I thought about it, and I was just I, I was watching the hand of God, and I'm just telling you, just the, the amazing way that God had worked through every situation, how we had got into St. Louis, I had to have fuel. It was like six miles to empty on the truck, which means I ain't getting across the street with this thing. So I had to get fuel, and they shut the pumps off. They had to do a hard reset or some craziness and it took 45 minutes for them to reset the pumps. So now I'm furious. We've been sitting at this pump for 45 minutes. I can't make it across the street to get fuel, so what am I going to do? But it put us right where the guy was for him to fix my truck. And it's like, that's amazing. It was the exact amount of money that the church had given you. So, Wednesday night, I, my, I finally get a hold of my pastor he said, well, here's the funny thing. We took a love offering up for you to help for the truck bill, and it was $1,000. You know, but so many times, even though God has provided over and over and over again, even with my wife, with her, with her radiation, usually a radiation, you're, you're going to get a just terrible burns. At 21 rounds, they went from a, a generalized radiation to a very focused radiation which is basically like getting a sunburn every single day. That's what they tell you. And even at the very end all the doctors and the nurses and the technicians could not believe we had been through so many rounds of radiation and her skin looked as good as it did. It was like she had a very light pink sunburn. They said this doesn't happen. Not for the radiation you're getting that this has happened. And it's just God. And so many times, even to this week, I forget what God's brought us through. I forget how God has provided financially for us. I forget how, if you will, He split the waters for us. I mean, we came out of the ministry with 1% support. Now, nine years later, we're still trucking. I've lost a little weight, but not... Because of food lack, well, it is because I don't eat everything. But, you know, we've never been left wanting. We've never been left needing, and God has always provided. But sometimes it takes me to truly go back and think through my mind of what God has done for me. But you know, even in those moments when you get that phone call, it's like, man, you know, Dad's in the hospital, and they don't—they don't know he's just—he's not doing well. Man, you run back right back up to that altar and pick up your burdens. I gave them to God. Why am I still walking around carrying them? God knows what's going on. Let's turn to Matthew. Uh, Psalms 55:22. Psalms 55:22. Psalms 55:22. The Bible says, "Cast thy burden upon the Lord." And he shall sustain thee, he shall never suffer the righteous to be moved. The Bible, I mean, it says that. Cast thy burden upon the Lord, and he shall sustain thee. He shall never suffer the righteous to be moved. The Bible says, cast your burdens on the Lord. And I'm telling you, when I truly do that, when I truly cast my burdens on the Lord and say, God, you and you alone have to fix this problem. God, I don't know what you're going to do with my grandma, Lord. I don't know what you're going to do with my mom and dad, Lord. I don't know what you're going to do with Minnie, Lord. I don't know how this is going to work out financially. God, I don't know how this whole transition from the ministry, which we are finally you know, somewhat self Our support was there to now we're, we're giving it all up to, to be a full-time um, maintenance guy. And I know my salary, and it ain't enough. So how is that going to work? Well, I don't know. Cast thy burden upon the Lord, and He shall sustain thee. He shall never, He shall never suffer the righteous to be moved. Matthew eleven twenty-eight through thirty. Matthew eleven twenty-eight through thirty. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart. And ye shall find rest unto your soul, for my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. And I can tell you right now, so many times the burdens of life, so many times the things that I'm thinking of are my burdens. Things that I'm going through. But the Bible says... Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lonely in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your soul. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. You know, that's, that's the key, that's the crux of the whole matter. If we take his yoke, if we take what he wants us to carry, it will be easy. When you yoke up with Natalie to try to do something, you're going to struggle. When you yoke up with yourself and you try to, to, to deal with the problems of life, you're going to struggle. Nally carrying sheetrock with you, you're gonna struggle. It's just not gonna work. You'd rather be more like uh, Josiah here, or you know, someone with some backbone, some 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 girth. That's what the Bible's talking about here. It says, "For my yoke is easy and my burden is light." We need to be yoked up with God. We need to be to grab onto what He has for us and let Him help us through our problems, because He says. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you will find rest unto your soul. And one last passage. We'll go back to our, our starting point, Matthew 5, 7 and 8. Or 1 Peter 5, 7 and 8. Well, we wouldn't have been even close. First Peter 5, 7 and 8. First Peter 5, 7 and 8 says, Cast your care upon him, for he careth for you. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil is a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. Cast all your care upon him, for he careth for you. Take your burdens. And I can tell you, just even in my own life, I carry a lot of burdens that I don't need to. It says, "Cast." Cast your care upon him, for he careth for you. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about, seeking whom he may devour. You know, that's, that's truly what it is. The devil wants to get you discouraged. The devil wants you to get defeated. The devil wants you to start looking around at the things of the world and say, I can't do it. I can't do this. I can't go soul winning. I ain't got time for that. I can't, I can't tithe because of this I can't, I can't do this I can't do that no you can't that's why the Bible says cast your care upon him for he careth for you so many times when, when, when things start popping back up in my mind so I start re- rehashing all the problems that's not God that's not God saying hey do you remember that time you broke down hey do you remember that time that you didn't have enough money to do this hey do you remember that time that you couldn't do that Hey, do you remember when your wife had cancer? That's not God bringing that stuff up. That's the devil. That's the devil trying to get in my mind and make me frustrated, make me agitated, make me want to give up. Cast all your care upon him, for he careth for you. Let's pray. Thank you for listening. If you have questions about this message, or if you would like information about our church, please visit us online at bbcdickinson.com.